Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Nobody goes this far with coverage of yesterday's games. We came here for a mission. The ride has blanketed the NFL with Manny Hill's Four Deep Thoughts. And the coverage is now Four Deep. Four Deep Thoughts. Uh, before we get into four deep thoughts, Manny Hill, Chris Reavers, hospitalized or not hospitalized? What's I, your guess? I don't know. I night? may have to send him a text or something and figure <laughs> out if he's okay, if he still got a pulse I, out there. I, I got this vision of uh, the five-year-old Will and his bride trying to drag him in off the steps last night to keep from freezing to death when he was coming. <laughs> that's that's just, I got that vision. I I can't imagine a, a, an emotional Viking fan like Reavers uh, how he's, and a guy who likes beer like he does. I, I can't imagine. He, that did, you see was, the, uh, did you see the ultimate? Uh, Viking fan esque tweet that he had uh, yesterday too, like during the game. It was something like, "This is our time." Home or something. Yeah. Me and Mackie and Star were. So sitting in other in the, words, he was already in the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Me and me and Mackie and Star, we were just all like, "Okay, how many has Reavers, How many beers in is Reavers already?" And this was in like the second quarter or something. Okay. It was great. I'm going to talk to you a little about Vetline when we get back. But first, here are Manny Hills. Four deep thoughts on a wonderful uh, NFL uh, weekend. Ryan rolling to the right. Ryan in trouble. Ryan flips one into the engine with a prayer incomplete. Jalen Mills covering. Unbelievable. Biggest play of the game. Julio Jones falls down. Wow. That play, I mean, first of all, I thought it was a terrible play. It was a stupid play call. But then... The funny thing is, Julio falls down trying to run his route. He got bumped a little Gets bit by up the defender. Anyway. Gets up anyway. Still has a chance to make the catch and doesn't make the catch. And then the game's over and Philadelphia wins. But that was uh, the, the, it, that was kind of a microcosm, I think, of the entire Atlanta Falcons season where you just – it looks like they should be in a position to get a win or, or take care of business, and they just – they were a they, tick off all year, weren't they? Yeah, they just but, they were just off. But as someone pointed out, when you roll that way, or I'm sure a lot of people pointed out, you're taking away sixty percent of the end zone. Yeah. Seven, you know, you you you're instead of 
you know, instead of having four guys running various places through the end zone and you can find one of them, you've you've limited yourself to what you can do. It's uh, And Ryan is not a threat to run into, you know, run in and score if you don't cover him either. So it was brutal. Yeah, and it just the, the play call itself just seemed like it wasn't – it didn't really give – Atlanta enough options to in case yeah, Julio right. did fall down that you know maybe Matt Ryan could look in a different direction and get to somebody. It just looked like yeah, it was Julio it. or bust for that whole play. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That they take away you know they take away all your options. You know, if you if he gets in any protection, he can look around and find four different receivers in the end zone. But uh, uh, the Eagles, I I don't think they're going to be that easy because they're pretty good defensively. Yeah, they are. All right, here's yeah. thought number two. Terrell looks the other way instead. Extends the play. Now on his horse. Hoisted into the end zone. Is it caught? Touchdown! Corey Davis! Mariota going to the end zone. A one-handed catch by Davis, who did not score a touchdown all regular season. And the rookie, though, finds one here in Foxborough. Okay, Pat, there's two reasons why I had those two highlights in you're one a big, package. You're a big PJ Fleck guy. That's one reason. Played, <laughs> no. Corey Davis played for PJ at uh, Western Michigan. But here's, yes. here's the thing. So that second highlight was Corey Davis's touchdown on Saturday in Foxborough. Yes. It was his first NFL touchdown. Yes. But he was hurt most of the year, right? Or, yeah, he, he was hurt most of the year, but he did not have a touchdown in the entire regular season. The first highlight of that package was his final touchdown in the Cotton Bowl for Western Michigan. So that was basically the two touchdowns that that he had in that span. His last collegiate touchdown and his first NFL touchdown. His last collegiate touchdown was a year ago. His first NFL touchdown, the next touchdown after that, was on Saturday. Fantastic catch, too. A one-handed. And and, uh, he looks like he's going to be a horse, that's for sure. But uh, meanwhile, Tennessee loses that game, and Mike Malarkey's out of a job. Right, when it looked like they were going to extend him. And then I guess they they wanted to make some changes to his staff, apparently. And he said, nope. He's a really good guy. But uh, yeah. you know he might he might he'll end up somewhere running an offense again. Yep. All right. Here's thought number three. Play action. Portals upstairs, wide open. Tommy Bohannon touchdown. Jacksonville. Blake Portals navigates a drive for the Jaguars. He's a great leader. You know he loves the game. He makes everybody prepared. <laughs> and every time he's going out there, he's a true competitor. You know he has a lot of heart. And um, people can down him all they want to, but we know what he can do, and he proved it today. He's a dog. I want to know what Jarrell Casey has to say about him choking in big moments. While you sit at home and watch us next week. (laughs) (laughs) Malik Jackson and Calais Campbell there on the post game after uh, the Jaguars beat the Steelers in the playoffs. And this this Blake Bortles thing to me is just, it's, it's unbelievable. The guy is been terrible for the most part all year. He has this nice little three game stretch in the regular season. Then he falls flat on his face the last two games of the regular season. Plays one of the worst. Horrible last week. Horrible last week against Buffalo. And then he, you know, his numbers weren't great yesterday, but he did enough and made some plays and made some nice throws. And Jacksonville gets the win. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, I the, I was shocked when the uh, tight end got wide open right in the end zone, the one that kind of won it for him, yep. that he didn't overthrow him like 12 feet or throw him up. <laughs> you know, it was uh, – he actually had some touch on balls at times, which was uh, really hard to uh, hard to fathom. 
and the forty-five points after getting ten. Right. Against and then, it's, it's and then that defense gives up forty-two. Well, Van Roethlisberger defense that we have been saying has been terrific, and they have been terrific for most of the year. But yeah, it's something. All right, here's the worst uh, worst attempt at a uh, onside kick in the history oh of football. Oh my gosh! Right, by the what way, was the that? guy kicked it like four yards. <laughs> they didn't even have to onside kick it. They had all three timeouts left. Yeah. All right. Here's the final thought. Camara in the backfield gets it, carries it, doesn't get anything. Lost half a yard, and the reason why, yes, I picked that highlight, and I think you know exactly where I'm going with this. For as great as that Stephon Diggs touchdown was to win the game for the Vikings yesterday, that does not happen if the Vikings defense does not stop New Orleans on that third down and one, because New Orleans get they would get the first down, and then they'd be able to run the clock down and kick the field goal and win the game as time expired. So. If that doesn't happen, if they don't get that stop, then we never see Stephon Diggs get that crazy touchdown that everybody's been talking about for the last doesn't, uh, 21 hours. Doesn't uh, New Orleans, uh, with a smart quarterback like that, have to take into account that they got everybody at the line of scrimmage? Yeah. Including Harrison Smith and everybody else. Don't they have to, uh, you know, little pitch or something? You know, well, you don't want to get near the sideline, but you got to do – you're not going to make – Anything against the Vikings between the tackles. And, Are you? and it's interesting because, you know, I love my guy, Alvin Kamara, but. Yeah, why is, is the he, other guy is not he a short? Yeah, is he really a short yardage guy? I don't know. I, yeah. I would probably go with Ingram there, but. Yeah, that's the ball game right there. You know what I'd do? I'd fake and let Breeze throw a three yard pass. Let him how roll out the, or something. How about the 13 yarder for the first down? Oh, man, is he good? Um, yeah, something. he is. He's something he's else. Something. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Right there. Ball game's over. And uh, if uh, if they get a yard and a half, and the way they'd move and uh, the way they were doing things, it, it was hard to believe that they weren't going to. I'll say one thing: that uh, New Orleans kicker didn't show many nerves, did he? No. Nor did five, four, uh, you know, our guy uh, Forbath missed one, but uh, he was uh, he was dead center on that fifty-three yarder, though. Yes, he was. All righty. Well, it had to be nuts in there. It was nuts watching it, so I can imagine how crazy it was in there. We'll be back. Talk more Vikings. I hope to have Tyrone Carter with us a little later in this hour to talk about playing the defensive secondary in high-pressure situations like we saw the uh, uh, unbelievable screw-up by the uh, New Orleans kid uh, last last night. Four-man front, six in the secondary, shotgun snap. He moves up, he moves up, he throws a long line drive on the near side, leaping to a catch made. Oh, my goodness, it's going to go in for the touchdown. Grab by Tibbs. He broke a tackle. 61-yard touchdown throw. The Vikings have won. The Minnesota Vikings have won. Uh, I don't know if he broke a tackle, did he? Did no, ever, I think Mr. Holland made a little bit of yeah, an error there. Well, you were, really you were trying to, uh, but but it's still a great call, as it always is. Yep. Uh, but, uh, man alive. Hey, by the way, you want to read something fantastic? Steve Rushen, of course, who's uh, great, and I got it in my Twitter feed now. And a Minnesota boy, Bloomington, Minnesota boy, and writing about 
uh, you know, being a kid and being a Viking fan and uh, working at Met Stadium uh, back in uh, when Ahmad made the catch. He was uh, working out there in the concessions department. But all the messages from his family members who still live in Minnesota was just uh, it's just a fantastic thing. Uh, if you, if you want to read it about uh, what it what it means to uh, a guy from Minnesota. OK, I got to give you this. I'm looking for it here now. Where is it? I'm looking through my Twitter account. Uh, this has got me in big trouble yesterday because people thought I was trolling. <laughs> and I do that on occasion. I will admit that. But uh, this one uh, kind of surprised me that people got worked up about this. So I think I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is an hour or so after the game. I tweet out and I said, I hope our Vikings realize that even if they hadn't managed the unlikely last play, the local sports media, plus callers to radio shows and commenters on websites, would have opined proudly on today's effort with hardly anyone mentioning uh, bleeping away a 17-0 halftime lead. <laughs> so I was just making fun of all of us because knowing how outraged we'd be right. and upset the media would be taking shots, right, at how they did this to us again. The fans, and you were in here for a wine line, right? Uh, I was. line. Yes. Vent line. They were, they were lined up ready to kill them, don't you think? Oh, of course And then were. all of a sudden, two minutes, one minute later, vent line comes out, and everybody is calling it the greatest moment of their lives. That's my guess, right? Well, well here's what's funny, too, Pat. You know, Johnny K had uh, he had a thing that he wrote up today, and he was talking about how you know he had the tweet last night. It was maybe it, I think it was right after the Saints kicked the go-ahead field goal. Yeah, he, he tweeted out, you know, do you believe in miracles? And almost everybody that was replying to it said, nope, nope, yep. this is oh, right. football. This well, is... I said that too. Yeah. I, I actually tweeted out, not over yet, and I meant it because right. they gave him 25 seconds. And the way guys kick field goals now, you can kick a 56-yarder, right? So you yeah. complete, and you get three timeouts, you get two passes. Uh, you know, they gave him some time. They shouldn't have given him any time. But come on, I'm innocent on this one. I mean, <laughs> people are saying, leave town. You, There's no joy in your life. No, I'm just making a sociological observation about not only you, but me, right? Right. All of I us. Mean, yes, all of us. It's completely, you were ahead 17-0. It was a mismatch, and and now you're going to get beat. And everybody would have went nuts and ripped the hell out of them, right? Yeah, and it would have been the, we just, we can't have nice things. And no, oh, yeah, that, another, no. another epic Vikings playoff loss. Yeah, but, and, but even beyond the uh, destiny part of the whole thing, the Vikings' destiny is against them, fate is against them, yeah. they would have been outraged at the way they played in the second half, right? Yes. Absolutely. You know, they, I mean, they made very few plays in the second half, and Drew Brees, plus... And Keenum's interception, some, too, was, oh, my gosh, they're uh, just brutal. Plus, 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 there's also, you got them fourth and ten, yep. and it's over. And they complete a 13-year... You think that one would have been brought up a few times? Absolutely. About fourth and ten, and you can't even stop them on fourth and ten? I am not. Uh, making fun of anybody because we would have all been in the same category, right? Right. Well, so what's what? It, it, but uh, it's uh, 
it's amazing that uh, the uh, the response I got to that was like I just throwing a hand grenade in a <laughs> into the middle of a birthday party or something. But, but I you mean, know it, I'm just making an observation, which I think is kind of funny. But you know what's so funny though, Pat? It, it's I think. More than anything, it's a compliment to you because you have been so good <laughs> for so many years of just prodding the needle, of just yes. knowing how to get people going that people just automatically assumed that you were just you were just trying to, you know, get 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 under people's skin again and so they they lashed out at you. But you know But I mean, what I was saying what I was doing was saying this is how all of us is that all of us were thinking. Media people and the public respond, and that's what makes sports wonderful. Yeah. Isn't it? That, Absolutely. That five, two minutes earlier, <laughs> we were mad. Everybody was mad at him, right? Two yes. minutes earlier, everybody was mad at him. This was going to be a disgusting defeat. In fact, I tweeted out. Five minutes after the field goal, I said, "This is gonna. This could be memorable, you know." <laughs> or no, actually, when they went ahead, twenty when they kicked the first field goal to go ahead, right? Or when they when they went ahead twenty one to twenty. Yeah, Kamara said, had the touchdown. This, yeah, this this could be memorable, and I yeah yeah yeah. But then I said, it's, "You know, not over yet." But it was a comment on really the greatness of sports is that. It can change in two minutes. Yeah. It can it's change in a minute. It can change in one guy falling down and one safety man not knowing what the hell he was doing. <laughs> you know, it it can change and it's uh it's it's the great part of sports and the great roller coaster that it puts people through emotionally. That's why sports are bigger in this country than they've ever been. The emotional I wrote something on Sunday about just a little thing about December 16th, December 16th of this year, the Timberwolves are playing Phoenix. Devin Booker's not playing. The Timberwolves are 20 points ahead. Phoenix, I see people tweeting out, Phoenix has no interest in this game. And they end up beating them when some guy playing his first game ever for that team makes three free throws with six seconds to go. And they, you know, Thibodeau can't coach. Uh, this team is terrible. You know, they're they're terrible. They're only they're seventeen and thirteen, but they got never five six bad losses. Never should have gave Wiggins that Wiggins, contract. No, and... they're terrible. And meanwhile, okay, the Gophers have had a little blip, but we know damn well that they're going to the NCAA tournament and they're still going to have a good seat, right? Lead eight yeah, yeah, yeah. we well, still got a shot. So <laughs> that's what's great about sports. It changes sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. And now but, look at the Wolves. They're playing great. Yes, now they're playing great. So now we get a little giddy. So they'll probably turn around and go the opposite direction, <laughs> right. you know. That's why it's, that's why it's great. And that's... Why that's what makes our jobs fun. Too. I was not taunting anybody with that yesterday. I was taunting all of I was making fun of all of us about how we just go up and down the the that sports puts us through this thing. And we yes, the Vikings would have gotten I wouldn't say killed, but blasted by the public and the media today if 
Marcus Williams had tackled Stefan Diggs, right? Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent agree. It would have been well, well. This where does this one instead of where does this rate in greatest moments in Minnesota sports, <laughs> and it's probably behind Puckett's game six. Instead of that, it would have been where does this rank with epic collapses in Minnesota sports, right? Just in Vikings history. Yeah, in one play, in five seconds, it went from where does this rate as in epic Minnesota flops to where does it rank in among the greatest moments in Vikings history? So, and 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 the crazy thing is that one play that changed everything doesn't even happen if the Vikings defense doesn't stop the Saints. Yes, on oh, third that's and true. One and, and Mark Craig wrote possession. that. Mark Craig wrote that too for the Star Tribune today, which is absolutely, uh, you know, absolutely. If the Vikings defense at that time is saying, "Well, the hell with this, we're going to get beat," and they get a yard and a half, then then you lose. For there's no doubt about it. All right, we shall return. Johnny Height with a sports update. It's Phil. All righty, here is John Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update is sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Vikings moving on now to the NFC Championship game after yesterday's improbable last-second win. 61-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs winning the game on the last play. Uh, Jarius Wright spoke with Mackie and Judd here today, said the players, yeah, they were all stunned by the results after the game, and he says it's still a little bit hard to comprehend. Still pretty crazy and still surreal uh, just the way we won the game. Uh, you know, we expected to win the game, of course, but, uh, you know, just the fashion we wanted it in is, is uh how many I don't know how many times you'll see that in the lifetime. Probably once. Once, yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got <laughs> one in the pool. <laughs> Vikings will play the Eagles on Sunday, kickoff at five forty our time. Uh win or lose, Vikings vent line with Phil Mackey and Mike Morris right after the finish of the Vikings game here on fifteen hundred ESPN. A winner, of course, goes to the Super Bowl. We'll face the winner of the AFC championship game. That's Jacksonville at New England. That game is a two thirty game on Sunday. I afternoon. was surprised they didn't go for New England in the at the late game. But uh, by think, the way, high of fifty four in Philadelphia yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. So. I think they alternate which game is oh, first so every they, year, yeah. They used to make their pick, you know, the, whichever one they thought was the better game they played later. Of course, that's when they kicked off at 11.30 and 3. So. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, both CBS Sports and the NFL Network reporting today that Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is expected to become the Giants' next head coach. CBS Sports calling Shermer to the Giants a virtual lock. And while the Giants, by rule, can't sign Shermer until the Vikings are eliminated, NFL Network said Shermer is expected to accept the job when it's offered. Now, the Arizona Cardinals had also interviewed and coveted Shermer, but as the Daily News first reported, Shermer rose into the Giants' top tier of candidates through the interview process, along with a couple other fellas. I saw a quote from I saw a tweet from Eon Rappaport uh, suggesting you can't believe how many people he's talked to today that are happy for Pat Shermer because, really? of course, the one chance he got was with the Cleveland Browns, and that yeah. don't count. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see him. Sort of interact with the New York media, though. That'll be that'll be mm-hmm. something to kind of yeah, watch he's a, for. He's a quiet guy. Yep. Plus, yeah. he's supposed to be great with young quarterbacks, so he can get in there and work with Eli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other coaching uh, note from the NFL today: Mike Malarkey has agreed to part ways with Ooh. the Titans. Yeah, great guy. 
Titans announced today the sides, quote, couldn't come to an agreement over the future. Uh, the Titans apparently were open to extending Malarkey, whose current contract runs through 2018, but they wanted to make changes to the coaching staff, and Malarkey uh, not on board. Good yeah. for him to stand up for his guys. Justin Morneau will officially retire this Wednesday. The Twins holding a retirement news conference that afternoon. Of course, it was announced last week Morneau will be a special assistant for the Twins. Big trade today. Giants have already added Evan Longoria to their lineup this offseason. Now they've added Pirate outfielder Andrew McCutcheon. The Giants give up pitcher Kyle Crick and outfielder Brian Reynolds, who is their fourth-ranked prospect. McCutcheon will be a free agent after the upcoming season. He earns $14.5 million this year, and according to sources, the trade does not involve any money. So, uh, Andrew, are... start working on that double swing in that ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> Hit that ball to right center and run like hell. The uh, Wild have their five-day bye week. <laughs> I, I don't get that, but that's mm-hmm. okay. They don't play again until Saturday. Either. Yeah, so the, the players wanted this time off in their new deal, so now they play more back-to-backs. Uh-huh. So. They're at home a Saturday night against Tampa Bay. Uh, one other sort of football note, Danica Patrick. Yes. A Chicago, yes. Chicago Bears fan confirmed today she's dating Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. She told the Associated Press, yes, Aaron and I are dating. Uh, Rogers split from actress Olivia Munn in 2017 after three years of dating. Patrick, in late November, ended a five-year relationship with fellow NASCAR driver Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Patrick and Rogers have been linked romantically since the start of the new year. She told the AP they first met way back in 2012 at the ESPYs and that despite her allegiance to the Bears, quote, I told him a long time ago I'd always root for him as a player. Well, uh, he seems to make calls to prominent ladies when he's uh, when he's since he got rid of Olivia, since he got rid of Olivia. So, uh, Gophers men's basketball team in action tonight. If if anybody's still listening or watching, mm-hmm. they're at, at, at Penn State. This is the three game road trip, right? They're Penn State, then Maryland, and then mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden against Ohio State. So. That's correct. This ought to be a battle tonight because one of Penn State's best players isn't playing. This could be forty eight forty six. I was just going to say game. final score forty five forty one. There'll be more points scored in the Jaguars Steelers game yesterday yes. than there was in the game tonight. Yikes! All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. at the right time and an unbelievable break for the Philadelphia Eagles. The uh, Vikings have played three games in three playoff games in Philadelphia. Uh, well, three with Philadelphia, not three in Philadelphia. Uh, they played two of those in Philadelphia. And uh, I was at uh, all three of those games, actually. Okay. 1980. Now, uh, this comparison is going to be made several times since 1980 is when the Vikings managed to get into the playoffs because they defeated Cleveland in game 15 of the regular season at Met Stadium. 
And uh, that's Ahmad's catch from Tommy Kramer. The squadron fly, as the Burns squadron, likes to call it. Squadron right, squadron <laughs> right, squadron fly. And uh, what, what, of course, is amazing, and we talked to Bud about that earlier today, is they had run the hook and ladder for about 30 yards right before. I think they went damn 75 yards in two plays, right? Yeah. They ran the hook and ladder, and then they got it down there close enough so that Tommy Kramer could throw the jump ball. And it uh, and it just popped up and landed right in Rashad's hands, easier than could be, and that guaranteed that. I think that put the Vikings at nine and six, and therefore, or, or gave them a one-game lead over Detroit with one to play, and they had the tiebreaker with Detroit. So they won the division at nine and seven that year. They had one left, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Earlier this early that season, they had played Philadelphia in the second game of the season at Met Stadium. Got beat forty-two to seven. How many times did Bud take a forty-two to seven whipping? Uh, but they did forty-two to seven at Met Stadium, and that was and a really good Eagle. That was the Eagles team that went to the Super that was, Bowl. That was right? the Eagles team that went to the Super Bowl. Great defensive players. They were really good. Herb was on that team, I think. Right. Well, we're going to tell you about that here in a minute. Okay. Uh, so nine and seven, the Vikings go to Philadelphia to play a. Uh, I think the Philadelphia the Eagles were uh, uh, twelve and four that year. Really good. Herm was on that team. And the Vikings jumped out to a 14 to nothing lead right off the bat. Sammy White got a 30-yard touchdown pass from Kramer. Teddy Brown ran in a touchdown. It was 14 to nothing early in the second. And uh, then uh, the uh, Blair and Doug Martin, uh, the, the big turnaround play of that game was uh, the – the Blair and Doug Martin also later on the they came back to tie it 14-14. Then Blair and Doug Martin sacked Ron Jaworski in the end zone and the Vikings were ahead 16 to 14. But uh, the Freddie Mitchell play was a fumble in the end zone. The one you just played that was a fumble in the end zone. Yeah. And uh, the he he recovered the fumble in the end zone and that that got the Eagles rolling and. Five interceptions for Tommy Kramer in that game. Two by Herm. Really? Two by Herm. So when we talk to Herm Wednesday, we'll bring up his two interceptions against Tommy Kramer. Roynell Young had two interceptions, and then a linebacker named Frank Master also had one. So five interceptions. Jaworski threw two, two to Tommy Hannon and John Turner. So seven interceptions in that game. Uh, but uh, Kramer threw five of them and had a 34 rating in that game. So Jaworski oh. wins that game. They go to the that, – that's 1980, and they go to the uh, Buds. Uh, that was the, uh, a, a, a mediocre Viking team that won the division. So then uh, it's 24 years, 2004 season, and uh, our guy Ticey yeah. goes in to Green Bay – Brett Favre stinks. Dante Culpepper plays great. The Vikings beat the Packers in Lambeau Field, which was not supposed to happen. And uh, the because uh, the, the Vikings had backed in at eight and eight, right? Wasn't yeah. that an eight and eight team? They backed in, yep. and of course, tight, uh, Randy Moss's famous moon over uh, Green Bay uh, occurred in uh, that time. So now. 
the Vikings go to uh, Philadelphia for a second-round playoff game as substantial underdogs. Donovan McNabb is the quarterback. And and that's what the highlight coming back in this segment was from, was from that game in 04 in Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, I had the wrong game. Excuse me. 27-14. to 14. The uh, 1980 game, that was not Freddie Mitchell. He wasn't in on that. It was the five interceptions. The 19, the 2004 game, is uh, when uh, Freddie Mitchell recovered the the, the uh, fumble in the end zone and that uh, put the Eagles up fourteen to seven. <laughs> Eagles win that game twenty seven to fourteen, uh, and uh, Dante threw for three hundred and sixteen yards when they were trying to play catch up. Randy Moss was targeted twelve times, only caught three passes for fifty one yards. Their biggest receiver that game, Marcus Robinson. You know who caught a pass? You know who caught two passes for sixty-four yards for uh, Philadelphia that day? Greg Lewis, <laughs> oh, yeah. later famous for his catch yeah. from Brett Favre that basically turned around, got that uh, Brett Favre team rolling uh, in the two thousand nine season. And Greg Lewis caught that pass in the back of the end zone. And that that was that was also Moss's final game as a Viking before yes. he got traded. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the effort he put into that game had a bit to do with it too. They were not uh, terribly impressed with him, but uh, the the Eagles won that game twenty seven to fourteen with McNabb, and then two th- uh, uh, wait. I'm screwed up here. That's 2008, right? No, that was 2004. No, 2004. Right. The okay, next one Tyson. you're thinking of is 2008. 2008. Ticey. Uh, that's uh, Chile. Chile, yeah. Chile's first playoff game. They're playing in the Dome, and they had a good team. They were 10-6 and six that year. Yeah, they won and, the division uh, with Gus Farad. And uh, but Tarveris was playing now in the playoffs. Yeah. Did Fraud get hurt or they, they didn't go I back think, to him? Uh, yeah, he got hurt and they then put Tavares in. Tavares yeah, had the hurt. big game in Arizona, remember, where he threw like four touchdowns or something okay. and Chili stuck with him. Twenty six I just made these notes here. Twenty six to fourteen, the Eagles win at the dome. Uh, and of course, the play that everyone remembers from that game is the uh, Tarveris's throw to a wide open Asante Samuel. And the, then he uh, got de- trucked in the end the, zone. The defensive back from uh, he looked up and it was almost it was just a little p- pass out in the flat. Yeah. And uh, it, he sailed it over the wherever the receiver intended to be, right to Asante Samuel. He ran forty four yards for a touchdown. And uh, later on, they were within sixteen to fourteen. By the way, in that yeah. game, I didn't I didn't realize that they came back. And then uh, middle of the fourth quarter, seventy-one yard uh, pass to Brian Westbrook, and I can't remember. So it's a pass to a running back who used to catch what a hundred passes a year. Oh Brian yeah, Westbrook. he was good. But I can't remember what that uh, what the uh, what's what set up that pass so that it traveled seventy one yards. I, I think they just they that. they I remember McNabb hitting him on it was like a screen pass or it was like a sort of a dump off out in the flat to Mitchell who ran around and, ran and, right and he by just there were a couple missed tackles and he just ran all the way for the touchdown that kind of iced the game. Well, anyway, Vikings and Eagles three uh, games in their history in the playoffs, and the Vikings lost all three nineteen eighty. Uh, they uh, actually scared the hell out of them. 
uh, getting ahead 14 to nothing, but then they lost 31 to 16. After the 2004 season, the uh, team that had beat Green Bay and Lambeau uh, against all expectations, I think they intercepted Favre four times, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Winfield had one. Ralph Brown, I think, remember yeah. having one. Yeah. And, yeah. But he had a terrible game that time. Brutal. And, and uh, Eagles 27 to 14, that one, and then 2008, the Tarveris game uh, when they uh, got beat uh, 26 to 14. So, uh, 0 and 3 versus the Philadelphia, which means absolutely nothing. But as somebody pointed out, <laughs> the uh, we will read several times this week about the historical comparison between the Ahmad Rashad touchdown and then going to Philadelphia for a playoff game, although there was one more regular season game. And, of course, the Stephon Diggs touchdown and then going to Philadelphia for a playoff game. Although uh, they're going as a three-and-a-half-point favorite this time. <laughs> and and you know what? If they'd been more impressive yesterday, they'd be six-point favorites, don't you think? Six, how, about, seven. how about the Eagles being underdogs at home this past weekend? underdogs at home in the NFC Championship game, and if they beat the Vikings, they'll probably be underdogs in the Super Bowl. Oh, they will. <laughs> Hell, they might they might be underdogs if the Jags win. Nah, <laughs> exactly. they wouldn't be underdogs of the Jags. You know what? If Philadelphia plays the Jags in the uh, Super Bowl, they, they'll take it off the board. They won't even bother to put point spread on that. Game, Final so. score, 5-3. to three. <laughs> Yes, all right. Or 45-42. to 42. Who Right. Knows? All right, we'll be back uh, with uh, This Day in History. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, This Day in History. Patrick? It was tough. You look at Bill on the ice and you could see that he was in deep trouble. A Masterton was rushed from the Met Center to Fairview Hospital in Minneapolis, but the prognosis was bleak. On January 15, 1968, Bill Masterton died at 29. He's the only NHL player to die as a direct result of injuries suffered in an NHL game. Bill Masterton, 50 years ago today, uh, first season of the uh, Minnesota North Stars, first season we had an NHL team. Uh, he died. He got injured on January 13th at Met Center. They were playing the Oakland uh, Seals, the Golden Seals, or whatever they were. He collided with two players uh, when he was carrying the puck into the ice, and uh, he got he uh, basically got took a tumble. They weren't wearing helmets back then. He wasn't wearing a helmet. Smashed the back of his head on the ice. They uh, took him off the ice. It's, allegedly, he responded briefly, although I'm not sure this has ever been confirmed, that he said, and he said never again. And I think people kind of made thought that meant never again play with a helmet or play without a helmet. But uh, by the time they got him to Fairview Southdale, he was in terrible shape. And uh, he died uh, two days later at Fairview Southdale, as they say, at age 29. Only, uh, only NHLer to uh, die uh, directly on the ice. Wow. He had uh, been a great player at the University of Denver, and, uh, but he was in a, in a very good minor league player. But there was a six-team NHL back then with the Montreal Canadiens. He was a farmhand of those, so he said the hell with it and came, moved to the Twin Cities and actually went to work in Minneapolis and was just working as a 
as a business guy in town here when the North Stars started and they signed him up and he made the club, scored the first goal in franchise history on, ele- yeah. on October 11th, 1967. Bill Nash Masterton uh, died uh, 50 years ago today at Fairview, Southdale.